the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and I will be your radio tour guide for the next 58 and a half minutes. You know, if we do experience any turbulence or excessively boring moments, you have my permission to bail out. But I, of course, will be going down with the ship. That is my role, whether I like it or not. I'm not going to lie here. I often envy you, the listener, as you have total freedom to move on to something more interesting if the mood moves you. You have no responsibilities or duties to be burdened with. I mean, everything is free and easy for you while I'm forced to follow orders from the man. You know, in my role as talk show host on this little program. Well, why didn't you say so? Oh, well, you know, I guess now I should introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us all a hearty chuckle, if you would. Oh, very well. <laughs> there you go. Am I done? No, we, we just started the show. Oh. I will need you to jump in whenever I say something witty, you know, or amusing. You know the job specs. Oh, well, as a volunteer, I really don't have any official job duties. Everything I do on this show is out of my family connection to you, Spud. You know, and being related to you often is a major buzzkill, as I could be doing something so much more interesting right now. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but turning your back on your only nephew would be viewed by some as tragic. So, so you're making the right decision to serve in this position, oh, okay? Fine, fine. Yeah, I guess I now need to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, just tell everyone how grateful you are to be allowed on this show, as, as right now you, you'd probably be asleep on your couch with a Hallmark movie on in the background, snoring, of course, with your mouth open, and probably with some drool on your chin. Yeah, well... You know, I have a CPAP headset that I utilize now when I sleep, Spud. So, no, there, there's no snoring to be heard from me. And, and now I, I don't even drool anymore, okay? You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Uh, the last time you dozed off during a staff meeting, you definitely drooled all over the table. Well, so I am a bit skeptical. Well, anyway, now I'm supposed to introduce our show's intern and... And yeah, he's been voted the most popular person on the program by some dumb listener survey. Uh, it's all fake news. Here's Chance. Go ahead and say something before I get to what I wanted to discuss on this episode. I'll determine when and what I want to say on this show. With my popularity and juice with management, I can pretty much do what I want these days. Well, the only thing saving you from me taking over your mic is the wishes of my beautiful fiance Dorothy. 
She wants me to avoid confrontation with you until I graduate from community college. Then the gloves will come off. This is Lucille. And she is awesome. Yeah, I I'm so scared. Well, anyway, what I wanted to discuss well, was... waiting that... until I graduate doesn't mean I will be silenced by you, Spud. I want to give our listeners a heads up on a project that I'll soon be launching. I think they'll find it much more interesting than whatever you had planned. Can I talk about it, Dorothy? Well, if you really want to, but I think it might be best if it was delayed a bit and then just gradually work into it. Maybe you could launch this after our wedding. No Good need call, to stir things up. But I read some advice from this Instagram influencer. She said if you want to rule all media platforms, you have to go big. Point three in her tutorial said only losers do things incrementally. Uh, Chance, what exactly are you planning to do? And would there be any role for me in this project? Um, no offense, Gerald, but I doubt it. Hmm. It's possible we might need someone to be a production assistant or something. I was planning on going with someone for my community college video production program, but we'll see. Video production? W what are you planning? Well, the tentative working title is Chance TV. It will be a 24-7 live streaming channel what? on all the social media platforms featuring me, of course. Everything hasn't been decided yet. There's so many moving parts to it but it's looking like it's a go. Who the hell would want to watch some channel with you on all day and night? Well, most of our listeners, who, by the way, like me very much, is only one segment of our target audience. I wasn't supposed to say this on the air, but our radio show's executive producer, Lori, will be overseeing it. Huh? She described her role as kind of like Lauren Michaels at NBC. I don't think so. You know, right now she's trying to build an empire like him. She said she's not getting any younger and needed to expand her imprint in the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, if Lori is the showrunner for your project, Chance, I know she'll find a spot for me on it. We are pretty close. <laughs> she never mentioned your name in any of the meetings we had. Well, I think... Uh, she, she can't start some show without me. I'm the one who spent many years hosting my own TV show. What have you done to this point besides play hacky sack the last couple years at community college? You know, while, you know, while doing your intern stuff here. You, you're not qualified to have your own show. I need to talk to her, but, but right now, I got stuff to do, of course, and my role as host. Can someone see if our first guest is ready? Oh, uh, yes, but the board is telling me that your first guest, Gina Davis, is waiting to speak with you. My gosh, she is a very famous actress. And your point? Yes, she has had an amazing career in film and TV. Gerald, Gina won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in The Accidental Tourist and was nominated for another one for Thelma and Louise. So, yeah, she is a big deal. Uh, you know, I would love to ask her about that movie she was in. Uh, I think it was A League of Her Own. I, I wondered if men actually did the baseball stuff in it. You know, like, like a stuntman is. I I've never really believed women could actually throw and hit the ball. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb uh, Dude, have you watched women's high school, college, and professional sports these days? 
I'm a big WNBA fan myself, and I know that the last person on every roster in that league could kick the butt of 99.9% of every dude playing at local wise everywhere. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, my wife can't throw or hit, uh, and at Holcomb family reunions, uh, softball games, she is a real liability on the field. Not that it's a deal breaker for me, is you know we're very happily married. Will you shut the f- up and listen to me? Well, Gerald, I'd be surprised if you could even run to first base if you were ever lucky enough to make contact with the ball. Uh, yeah, I second that. Just put Gina through, please. Very well, here she is. Please welcome Academy Award-winning actress Gina Davis to the show. We really, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so you are chairing the Bentonville, Arkansas Film Festival. Yeah, so the event this year is highlighting women and other diverse voices in film and media, correct? Well, yes, that's always our um, our goal. We um, uh, it's always been about championing underrepresented storytellers, both on screen and and off screen. So that's that's the mission of the festival. Okay. Um, well, Gina, can, can we step into the Wayback Machine? Is I wanted to ask you about your your first job after graduating from college. We all have to start somewhere. Was your first job really as a mannequin in a storefront? Because that would be kind of a pretty cool gig. Oh, it was. It was. Well, my actual first job was as a sales clerk in an Ann Taylor on, on huh. Fifth Avenue. Um, and uh, it was in during that job that I suddenly became possessed with this idea to get in the window and pretend to be a mannequin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was a table of chairs, and there were two mannequins sitting at, like, fake lunch, uh, and an empty chair. And I was like, I'm going to go get that chair. And, and that's how it started. And a huge crowd gathered, and I found out that I had an incredible talent for motionlessness. Uh, so they finally started hiring me to do it at the window. Kind of a performance art, kind of. And you got paid. That's pretty cool. All right. Um, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you, your first film as an actress was Tootsie, under the direction of Sidney Pollack. Uh, you, you didn't have to suffer through a lot of forgettable straight-to-video stuff before working with the best right off the bat, huh? I mean, what, what were the odds that uh, that, that would happen? Um, and it was my first audition for a, a movie. Um, so I, I didn't think at all of it. Um, I had any chance of landing the part, but uh, so it was amazing that I did. And what a what a way to start off your career, as you said. Yeah. Well, you later co-starred on a on a show that I personally was really really into, Buffalo Bill, starring Dabney Coleman in 1983 and 84, I believe. You know, because it was one of the first shows featuring a lead character who was not exactly likable. Uh, you know, it was very much ahead of its time. As nowadays, you know, there's a number of comedies that take a similar approach. Yeah, it really was ahead of its time. Um, and uh, and that was my first TV show. So I was really lucky, both in film and TV, to have such great uh, projects to be able to work on. It was a fantastic introduction to the business. Yeah, it influenced, uh, I believe, a lot of future shows you know, that were produced. Um, 
Well, uh, looking a little further down the road, in 1988, you co-starred in Tim Burton's film Beetlejuice, and he was and is a very, very visual director. I, I was wondering, on the first reading uh, of the script you got, before the table read, did, did you get the feel for what it later would become on the screen, like a visual feast, if there ever was one? <laughs> well, yeah, there, it sure was. Um, I, when I first read the script um, and, and loved it, and I went to meet with Tim Burton to try to convince him to hire me. And uh, uh, I, I told him, Tim, I get this movie. I just get it. I really, I'm so there with it. And uh, he he said, told me later that uh, he figured he better hire me. So there was somebody on set who knew what the movie was about because he was sure himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... That, that, I, I still go back and look at that occasionally. It's just it just it, it blows you away. But um, well, a, a last look back. This, I promise this is the last look back at your film career. In, in 1991, you start along with Susan Sarandon in Ridley Scott's film Thelma and Louise. Now you received an Academy Award nomination for your performance, and but you know it, it remains a very important film on so many levels because that definitely influenced many films uh, later directed by women. Uh, you know, you have to be very proud of it. Oh yeah, I, I am. I um, I read that script when it was already cast with with other people, and uh, and Ridley was not the director, and um, and I was just heartsick that I might not, you know, that I wouldn't be in it. But um, I kept I kept track of it and kept track, and it kept coming together and falling apart. I think there were like three sets of film on the ways before it was us. And, uh, and then I finally got to do it. And I, it, it, yeah, it was the highlight of uh, my life, really. Wow, yeah. Uh, excuse me, Spud? Yes? Well, but are you referring to that movie where the two women just drive off a cliff for no reason? It, it disturbed me when I watched that years ago. And I got to say, it still stays with me when I see female drivers on the highway and there are cliffs nearby. Uh, Gina, I need a brief moment here. I'll be right back. All right, but dude, that has to be one of your most sexist comments ever. Well, it, it's just that female drivers are so unpredictable. You never know what decisions they'll make behind the wheel. And I won't lie, they make me uncomfortable when I'm driving. Well, I'm pretty sure way more accidents are caused by male drivers with way too much testosterone. How many road rage incidents are started by women? She's got you on that one. Guys are way more volatile and out of control driving than women. The, the tiniest little thing will set off some dudes. Well, if you look around the world, there are uh, countries like Saudi Arabia that don't even allow women to drive. So there must be a reason. They are now allowed to drive there, Gerald. But in the past, I'm pretty sure the Saudi men were always afraid women would just keep driving their cars out of the country to a place where men were not such ass. Uh, good point, Aunt Dorothy. Uh, now I got to get back to Gina. Okay, I have returned. Um, 
you have publicly stated that roles uh, you were offered changed after you know your your 40s. And you know, I, I brought up this topic before with women in the industry on this show, and, and it just really is obvious that there's kind of an uneven playing field. You know, because well, you know, let's just for instance, Liam Neeson at 70 still gets cast as as a lead in action flicks, and you know, Tom Cruise is turning 60, and he's going to be doing action flicks probably into his 90s. So you know, women are just basically left to playing. I, I don't know, I just say mother, mothers and things after their 30s. It's just not real fair, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a really um, unfortunate phenomenon. And, and what I think we could attribute it to is uh, that, that, you know, most, most writers, most directors, most producers are male, the people greenlighting films. And that they just don't think of writing a female character. In other words, they, they, they add a female character if they need to, if they must. If there's some, he, the character has a girlfriend or, or, or whatever, or somebody he has to rescue, or, um, uh, or if they feel an obligation, well, you gotta have at least one woman in this group of 10. Right. Uh, but, uh, but they don't think about casting women, um, after that, after they're not going to play the love interest, right? All of a sudden, you're not being cast as a love interest, but you're not being cast as anything else because they don't they don't take the time to think about. Well, maybe, wait, maybe this lawyer can be female. Maybe this, uh, you know, uh, absolutely bad person can be female. Maybe yes. you know, all, all all the other kinds of characters. They just it's unconscious. They just automatically make it uh, male where if they if they use their imagination and expanded their their thoughts they could uh, they could make it half female easily in, in most films. You can't change uh, right, uh, right. Private Ryan or something like that. But right. but most films can have a lot more women if if the if they were just more creative about it. Yeah, I know our intern chance on the show finds Jane Fonda on Grace and Frankie super hot at eighty four. You know, one of the things few things he and I agree on. So casting directors need to open up their minds a bit. But anyway, all right, I know you got stuff to do, so I'm gonna let you go. But let me say again, you are chairing the Bentonville, Arkansas Film Festival. Uh, Gina, we just really want to thank you so much for, for coming on our show. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. All right. There you have it, Ms. Gina Davis. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. This ain't government cheese. It's Spud. Goodman. Baby left me for another guy She dug him because he Had a meth lab in that double wire Trailer down the street He had a meth lab In that trailer down the street We now return to more action-packed Thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show 
Uh, could we return briefly to the project Chance mentioned earlier? I can't imagine this Chance TV channel airing without all of us here on the radio show being part of it. Yeah, well, I mean, at least myself and your fiancé, of course, Chance. We really should set up a meeting to discuss this further. Yeah, I've been advised to not get involved in who will be participating in this thing. I'll have uh, people to handle that. That's so hot. Well, I'll be honest here. I've expressed a chance that this project could be very invasive in regards to his personal privacy. Yeah. They're talking about shooting him at all hours of the day and night. That could be potentially quite embarrassing. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this personally, so I'm on the fence about my participation. Dorothy, I know you're a little uneasy about this, but how can this work without the love of my life? My future wife being a big part of it. I mean, we FaceTime every night, so there'd be a three or four hour block of time where I'd be inaccessible. My parents have signed off on it. They're letting them set up a couple webcams in my bedroom. Oh, brother. The camera on my bunk bed is pretty close to my face, so I might talk to them about moving it somewhere else. Aunt Dorothy, you're going to let some hack production assistant get access to your intimate moments on FaceTime with Chance? I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. What are you thinking? No! I've made it clear that they can shoot Chance when he is online at his parents' house, but I will not let them set up a camera in my bedroom. Maybe after the wedding, something can be worked out, but not until we're legally married. I told one of the guys Lori hired to handle the video stuff that you are not okay with being on camera in your bedroom. He said we could discuss it further in the next production meeting. Good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, do you think I could attend that production meeting, Chance? Uh, you know, since this has been brought up, I've had some really great ideas on how I could bring something really exciting to the table. Hey, you shut your face! Uh, the only thing you could bring to the table is really gross eating habits. You chew with your mouth open all the time. It's very disturbing. Uh, well, sometimes my TMJ acts up and it's difficult for me to fully close my jaw. You know that. I I'm sorry you cannot deal with my <laughs> handicap. Uh, that is not a real handicap. Well. Just drink a milkshake or something when it's bothering you. Who needs to see up close and personal all the food groups in your mouth? Seriously. Gerald, I can ask them if they would meet with you, but I doubt it's going to happen. Okay. If this is a hit, then would you be willing to maybe suggest a spinoff? You know, uh, Gerald Holcomb TV. Lori might want to have some other shows ready to go if it's a big success. I doubt Chance TV is going to be like freaking CSI. You, don't you know, know, with like a dozen knockoff versions. Chance, your channel will be lucky to get a couple thousand YouTube subscribers. The competition for eyeballs is really tough out there. Well, no, we won't be like the Spud Goodman YouTube channel. We'll give the people what they want. And what is that? Well, to be entertained, or at least not bore them out of their minds. <laughs> I know what funny. viewers want because I'm a consumer of TV myself. I'm pretty confident this is going to be a big hit. Hell will freeze over. Uh, I am a much bigger consumer of TV than you. Uh, for one thing, I have way more years invested in this activity. And yeah, maybe, maybe so far I haven't been that successful with my TV career. And okay, you know, our YouTube channel numbers do kind of suck. 
but I blame that on those dumb algorithms, you know? They hate me. And, you know, social media is such a big racket. Courtney, Chloe. My numbers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter seem to be growing by the hour. I should check and see how many new followers I've gotten since we went on the air a while ago. Oh, sweetie, remember what I told you? Don't get your hopes up too high, as these kinds of projects often can go south at any time. Look at the QB channel. They said it was going to revolutionize online programming, and it lasted, what, nine months? It's a brutal industry, honey. Uh, Mrs. Jarvitz, show business is all about knowing what the people want, and that is something I pride myself on. <laughs> yeah, no, I seem to have this uh, sixth sense for uh, what people want. Like, take my neighbors, for instance. Each year at Christmas, we Holcombs try to put on a real show with our outdoor holiday decorations. People from all over our block walk by to view our lifelike manger scene. It is a bit costly, as we always need to purchase multiple baby Jesuses as they continue to be stolen. But what are you going to do? People seem to like it. Even after we run out of baby Jesuses, they just imagine that he's there uh, somewhere in the hay bales we bring in. That is messed up, yo. A manger scene at Christmas without yeah. the baby Jesus is, is just asking a lot for people to deal with. It, it, it just sounds very shady to me, maybe illegal. It's called flipping and it almost ought to be illegal. No, nonsense. It, it just takes a little faith. We don't put up Christmas decorations at my parents' house. My dad said it's too much hassle, so that won't be in any episodes on Chance TV. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, whatever. Right now, can, can can someone check if our next guest is ready to go? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Spud, I'm being told that your next guest, uh, Asif Mandvi. Asif Ma Mandvi. Asif Mandvi. You know, that that's a tough one. Not uh, really. Well, Asif Mandvi. Asif Mandvi. I guess the name sounds familiar. Was he on the show previously? Yeah, way back in like 2016, I think. Yeah. I, I doubt he remembers, so I'm not going to bring it up. Because basically, also, I, I forgot if the interview went well or he hated me. Well, I can guess what the answer to that one is. Well, not necessarily, Aunt Dorothy, but just in case, I'll avoid any reference to his prior appearance. Yeah, that's probably the wise way to go. You know, because he is really busy these days. He has two shows on the air right now. But I miss him on The Daily Show as he was awesome on that one. Yeah, anyway, can, can you put him on now? Yeah, okay, Asif Manvi. Okay, it, well, you know, I'd love to speak with him too if an opportunity in the conversation allows it. Uh, it won't. Now put him through. Yeah, here he is. Please greet actor, comedian, author Asif Manvi. Uh, we appreciate you coming on our show, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you co-star in the CBS series Evil, which is now back for season three, airing on Paramount+. Plus. You play the character Ben Shakir, uh, the guy who tries to bring logic and explain all the supernatural stuff going on in the show, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the, uh, I guess, he's the empiricist. He's the one who only believes in, uh, you know, what he can uh, calculate and quantify and... Uh, He's a, he's a scientist. You know, the, the team is led by, um, the team of investigators on the show is, is led by uh, Mike Coulter, who plays David Acosta, who is a priest um, and, and is a believer. And you've got Katja Herbers, who plays Kristen Bouchard, who 
is a, um, a psychologist, and then myself, mm -hmm. who plays Ben, like you said, who is a, a, a scientist and kind of a... Ben's a bit of a... Uh, a, a he, like, he, like, he's a bit of a MacGyver. Like, he can do anything. Like, he can... He can solve your internet problems, but he can also fix your air conditioning unit, you know? All right. He, been, he kind of can do anything. Okay. Well, you also host a show, Would I Lie to You, on the CW, airing Saturdays at 8.30, 7.30 Central. Is being a game show host the second best gig in showbiz after voice acting, you know, and animation projects, which you also do? <laughs> um, I'm hesitant to call it a game show because um, it's, it's a comedy panel show but the, but the points don't matter and there are no prizes okay so, All right. so it's basically it's basically just a bunch of celebrities coming on and telling crazy wacky stories that might or might not be true and it's based on a british show of the same name that's been on for like 14 seasons and it's a huge hit in the uk right so we brought it here to the u.s and now it's on the cw um, and it's also available on the CW.com and CW app. But it's basically just, you know, you've got people like Brooke Shields, Richard Kind, you know, um, we've had um, uh, Isaac McSrahi was on the show. We've got like a whole bunch of, of, of comedians and celebrities who come on and they just tell these, uh, these crazy stories, you know? Okay. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just, it's like, if you like, it's not satirical, it's not... Uh, you know, political or anything. It's just, it's just people telling crazy stories. You know, that, that, and, and then trying to figure out if they're if they're telling the truth or not. Okay. Well, Asif, you were, uh, let's just say, looking back, you, you were born in Mumbai, raised in England, and then moved to the U.S. in your late teens. You're, you're kind of a worldly guy. Uh, off the record, are Americans the goofiest people on earth? I mean, some of us actually believe JFK Jr. is still alive. Um. <laughs> Um, are they the goofiest people? I don't even know what that means. But I think um, uh, I, I, I think that uh, there is a you know I think I think overall people tend to want to believe things mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, conspiracy theories and uh, you know when I mean, you see it all the time in our world like people believe you know especially nowadays with like QAnon and all this stuff where you just see like. You know, people believe the craziest. Yes. And, and, and I think people just want. I think. I think what we realized in the world is that facts don't matter or don't mean anything to people anymore. It's really just they want to. They want to believe a crazy story, um, and and, uh, and and unfortunately, that seems to be the way. Um, you know, you, 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 what story you tell seems to be the way that you can change people's opinions or hearts and minds it, it, it's unfortunate that in today's world we don't really um uh, especially in this country i don't think facts uh are really are really uh relevant anymore to people yeah that's kind of what i meant by the term goofy but yeah uh, <laughs> uh excuse me spud yes well I kind of take offense at your use of the word goofy uh, for those of us who do believe that there is a strong chance that JFK Jr. is still alive, as there have been several reports about this possibility in the last year or so. Asif, I'll be back in a moment. Seriously, you actually have bought into that dumb fairy tale on the internet? You, well, 
You don't know that it's not true. It's just your opinion. My opinion is that it could be true, and very soon he will be joining up with Donald Trump, and they will both be residing in the White House, and I'm not talking about waiting until 2024. Gerald, we really need to get you some help. But until then, you have to get off the Internet and stop reading that garbage. That is what I would expect to hear from non-believers like you and Spud. But very soon, you will see that I am right, and this country will be in a much better place. Okay, QAnon Kreskin, uh, you keep believing that. Just let me get back to Asif and finish this interview. Okay, I'm back. Okay. After graduating from college with a theater major, your first job was as a performer at Disney World. What costume yeah. did you have to put on? Because they, they have quite a few characters, and some costumes are a bit more cumbersome than others. So I didn't, I didn't wear, uh, I wasn't one of the costume uh, characters. Okay, all right. I was part of a, um, a, a, an improv comedy troupe called Streetmosphere, and this was at the... Um, uh, Disney MGM Studios, uh, right when it first opened in Orlando, and I got this gig right out of college, uh, and it was basically just, I was working with like this extraordinary group of, of young uh, performers um, who had all just sort of, we, this was all of our, we were all in our early 20s, and it was all of our first professional acting gig, um, and, and you know, a lot of those people went on to different, like, uh, um, Mad TV and other things, you know. Oh. Uh, but it was it was more of an improv comedy uh, sort of um, troupe that I was I was part of on, on the on the uh, the lot there. So you started a little higher in the Disney food chain uh, in terms of uh, jobs. So, all right. Okay. All right. I had to ask. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get eaten by Pluto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, let me let me close with this. If if you were named Emperor of the Universe, what would be your first executive order? If I was named Emperor of the Universe, what would be my first executive order? Yeah, you know, if, um, if you could change something. Right. To, to not have me be Emperor of the Universe. Okay, well, you get my... <laughs> what, yeah, well, you get the gist of it. So what, what would... If you could make an executive order, what would it be? Uh, I don't think I would make an executive order. I don't know. I, I think that... Uh, I don't think that that's... What would my executive order be? Um, just, I, I, yeah, I think it, I think it would be that like no one should be allowed to make executive orders. Oh, okay, there you um, go. All right. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I was kind of thinking, for me, and this has crossed my mind the other day, I'd get rid of that old no shirt, no shoes, no service rule, because, you know, after, after the pandemic, people are used to walking around at home nude most of the day. It's just an old school Wait, rule. You would, you're saying to me that you would have all the power in the universe, yes. and you would waste it on that. Well, it's just an old school rule, and it's just dumb. <laughs> you would have all the power of the universe. It's dumb. You would waste that power on, okay. like, telling people not to wear no shirts and no shoes. Yeah, well, it just crossed my mind, okay? Yeah. Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I know you gotta go. That's like, so. that's like that's like if you had all the power of the universe, you'd be like, everybody gets to eat chocolate whenever they want. Well, that too, <laughs> that too. But all right, I, I, that's a, that, maybe that would be mine. All right, well, I, I know you gotta scoot, so I gotta get this out again. Let me say that you co-star in the Paramount Plus series Evil, and it's now airing the yeah. season three. And you co-host the CW show Would I Lie to You, airing Saturday nights at eight thirty, seven thirty Central. Okay, got it out. Thanks so much for spending some more time with us. Thank you. 
Yes, Mr. Asaf Manvi. This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's inject some music into this program. Here is a tune by the Seattle band Oliver Elf Army. It's titled Young Riddles. Your last guest, Faison Love, is holding for you. Now, should I know who Faison is? I, I'm not familiar with him. Yes, and I'm not surprised. But I know you have seen him in many movies. Uh, for sure in Elf. Oh, he was in Elf? Yes. We Holcombs love Elf. Well, Faison really is a very funny man. I've seen his stand-up act. Very impressive on stage. Yeah, he has a new movie out on BET, uh, 
The thing about him is he stands out in every movie he is in, and basically anything he does. He has that quality that makes you remember him. Yeah, he wasn't the elf in the movie, right? The answer is... No, that was Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Gerald, maybe you should limit your commentary when movies and TV shows come come up in our discussions. You are basically illiterate with this topic. No, I would disagree, Mrs. Jarvitz. I can recite the character names and actual names of the full cast of Mr. Belvedere. Hell no, you can't! I doubt it, but good to know. Uh, just put Faison through, please, before he hangs up. Yeah, here he is. Say hello to actor and comedian Faison Love. Uh, thanks for coming on our show, man. Oh, thank you for having. Me. Yeah. Well, you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Um. You have one of my favorite towns. You know that. Oh, very cool. All right. Um, How did you know that? <laughs> well, I do now. Yeah. I do now. Um, okay. Well, let let's do this. Um, you have a new movie out titled Block Party, now out in theaters and airing on BET and BET Plus. You've appeared in a number yeah. of really successful comedies over the years. Give us the basics on this one. This one's about a woman that has a tradition of throwing a, a Juneteenth party, and this one, <clears throat> I'm a sheriff that's not, gonna, I mean, a, a fire marshal that's not going to let her have it. But, you know, they prevail, and they have it, and it's really jokes throughout the whole movie. It, 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 the, the movie reminds me of a, uh, a feel-good movie from the 70s um, where a family, where everybody comes together, but they all, they all come together. Um, and, that, and that's what is, you know, I don't go through a lot of the films I'm in, but uh, Odell, who actually started his movie, she called me from Faison. Mm-hmm. You gotta go see the movie. So I took my family down there. She was right. I was like, I fell in love with the movie. I was like, wow. I felt the same way I felt when I walked out um, Top Gun, the Maverick. I was like, whoa. You like that yeah, one, huh? Movie, that, whoa. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I was like, wow. I felt really good. That's how you can feel when you go to theaters. <clears throat> Summer theater, you go in, it's air conditioning, you got your popcorn, you're there hanging out. and in the movie so inspirational you walk out you want to you know let's go block party <laughs> all right so, yeah it's, it's a really good movie okay really good. that's a good message too without beating it down your throat right 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 um well Faison you were you were born in Cuba as your father served in the US Navy uh, have you ever gone back at all as an adult to visit the country I mean the ability to travel there is kind of off and on depending on who's in the White House Maybe I can answer that. Maybe I can't. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I want to retire in uh, Cuba, in uh, Santiago. Oh, super! All right. That's where I'm going to end up uh, living. That's where I'm going. Yeah, living <coughs> a little normal things. Yeah, you're right. Um. Well. You grew up in San Diego later, though. I read you were childhood friends with Tony Hawk. Were you a skater, too? <laughs> no. I... Listen. <laughs> well, I did read it. No, we you got to believe everything you can read. Down. Tony Hawk is just such an awesome dude. I mean, more ways than so. He's just 
such an awesome group. We did not grow up together. I made I made that up. But he's a um, it's a good one. Uh, we grew up with the same year. We just messed each other because uh, you know a lot of people grew up in um, that town. You know, I grew up with Mark Allen and you know uh, a lot of a lot of athletes. But um, don't you know. I'm, I'm trying to get him to do a movie with me now. So, um, <laughs> but no, I, I put that on my I put on my bio that I'm a pro skater. Well, I bought it. Hey, well, right. <laughs> yeah. What, what can and I, I say? Yeah, yeah. I collect skateboards. Okay. All right. Well. So, um, uh, Oh, well, let me ask you this about when you started stand up, and uh, no, I I read it was around fifteen. Now, I, I so I'm I'm guessing that getting no, the gigs that's true. That's that true. it, it was like okay. Getting 14. the gigs was tough. Was it tough? Do you have to take the bus or what? Uh, I had a buddy Earl, best friend Earl. He had a Ford Galaxy uh, five hundred, and uh, we would back then gas was seventy five cents. Yeah. So he put five dollars in gas and drive to go to La Jolla. Because um, it was his friend that told me about the comic club, the comic store. Um, Pam, Pam was like, "Hey, there's a comic place. You, you know, you're really funny." And I was telling him, <clears throat> "I, I want to go on that stage." I, I, I thought I had to start in New York. Pam was like, "No, you don't have to start in New York. There's a place called the Comic Store La Jolla." So I was like. So Earl and I got in the Galaxy 500, five bucks in there uh, every Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, there, that yeah, that's what that's how it started. I met Polly Shore. Polly Shore mother owned it. We didn't know he was a rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, we got Polly on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, um, Polly's friends to this day. Okay. Uh. <laughs> um. So let's t- let's take a look back at some of the films that you've been a part of, and I'll just start with Friday, released in 1995. That was made for like 3.5 million and tallied at least 30 million at just at the box office, and got a lot of other made a lot of other like uh, you know income. Uh, it was a pretty impressive cast. Any memories that stand out from that one? First of all, two million. Uh, two million. Oh, okay. Yeah, they started off. They had to shoot almost like a test reel for like. Two hundred thousand, and they did it too much. Anyway, um, the whole thing was just, uh, as you know, um, you know, uh, we did um, legal in um, Seattle. Well, the first place we came legal, so you guys are blowing way before everybody. Huh. <clears throat> so when we shot the movie, we wasn't legal, and uh, but we would we would blow every morning on the way to the set. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, tough to stay on script. That's why. Say again. Tough to stay on script. Better to stay. It was like it was. It was a weed movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) A lot of stuff we made up. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Spud. Yes. If I may, what is that term "blowing" that Faison was referring to? Uh, Faison, give me a sec. Um. He was referring to the use of marijuana, which is totally legal here. Oh, 
Yes, it is illegal in this state, but that stuff can make someone do very strange things. Like, say, uh, just up and quit a job and go skipping around a mall. I saw someone last Saturday outside the food court at the South Center Mall, and he appeared to not have a care in the world with this big smile on his face. Uh, my wife and I felt he had to be under the influence of pot. Dude, if skipping around a mall makes someone happy, what's the big deal? Well, Don't be so freaking judgmental. Maybe the guy was just having a great day. Yeah, Gerald. I occasionally smoke marijuana when my arthritis is acting up. It helps a lot. Mrs. Jarvitz, that is concerning to hear. When you are ready, I would be more than willing to help you <laughs> kick that uh, little little problem of yours. Uh, hey, Dr. Drew, zip it, please. I have to finish up this interview, if you don't mind. Me? Well, by all means, but if that is more important than me helping your aunt escape from her demons, well, then by all means, finish your interview. Thanks, I will. Okay, I'm back. No problem, it's all good. All right, well, let me close with this. Uh, Faison, you're, you're not one to shy away from online and social media controversies. You're kind of fearless and have waded into a few over the years. But in the end, does it all just make for good content in your stand-up act? Or, you know, I mean, it does make for interesting material. Are you, uh, are you telling me? <laughs> well, I'm just well, thinking. I, you know, I, I kind of just stand on my word. I mean, I don't, I don't really say things to me that are, you know, we're, we're, we're living in uh, a world now where, oh, no, you can't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You have to be exactly a follower. Mm-hmm. And um, they won't let you trust your own opinion. So it's, you know, I, I don't get it. I'm a, you know, I'm a dinosaur and I'm old, so I get what I want to say. When you get old, you say what I want to say. You, you deserve that, right? You, you've been there. Okay. I'm not saying you can, you can hurt people's feelings, but you can, you, you can have an opinion. I don't understand where that came from. You can't have an opinion. Right. Well, I, all I could say from following you on social media, you're not boring. Let me just put it that way. So, all right. Well, I know you got us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, I know you got to scoot. So let me say again that you have a new movie out, Block Party, now showing in theaters and streaming on BET and BET+. Thanks a whole lot for spending some time with us. No, no problem. There you have it. Yeah. There you have it, Mr. Faison Love. My, how time flies. Say, Chance, getting back to that project you were chatting about, it is, I think, the working title, Chance TV. Well, I haven't shared this with anyone on this show, but I have become fairly proficient at juggling. It's something I took up during the pandemic. You know, a talented juggler would make a great addition every few days to your streaming channel. Everyone loves juggling. No, you haven't. You're a lion, dog-faced pony soldier. Uh, not everyone, okay? Count me in yeah. as a non-fan. And it's not just because I myself don't have great hand-eye coordination. Unless someone is juggling something that could maybe blow up, 
It's just boring to watch. There has to be some risk of bodily injury for it to be compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to juggle hand grenades just to amuse you, Spud. There are plenty of people who really enjoy this art form. Art form? Yes. That's kind of a stretch, don't you think, Gerald? Tossing a few oranges or balls in the air is far from an art form. Well, art is subjective, Mrs. Jarvitz. And really? Spud, sometimes I go with eggs. So, I mean, there's a clear and present danger in that for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, Gerald, the idea behind this channel is to feature me and only me. I don't want to deal with everyone bugging me to appear on this. Hmm. I texted our executive producer, Lori, to call in now and set everyone straight, as, like I said, she's the showrunner. I wish you wouldn't... you had not done that chance. You, you know, the, the least I have contact with her, the better. The, the, that last staff meeting got kind of ugly. Well, again, Spud, you should not have challenged her authority Well, I, I was not going to read some ad copy for a plumbing company that doesn't even advertise on this show. Well, she, she must have, you know, made some sort of trade-out deal with them to fix a leaky faucet or something at her condo. What the hell, yo? Oh, I'm with you on that one, Spud. It seemed really shady to me. Why do you both assume the worst? Maybe that plumbing company was doing God's work and doing plumbing work pro bono for poor people, and she was just supporting them. I don't think Lori is below the poverty line, so that lame logic is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They're saying she's on the line and they're ready to put her through. Oh, do I have any say in this? Is I just No, you do not. Listen, this project was not supposed to be announced until everything had been agreed to. Chance, you really should have kept this confidential. I know you're young, but if our working relationship is going to succeed, you need to keep a lid on information until you are given the go-ahead. Oh, uh, my bad. Spud kind of forced me to say it. Dorothy feels he brings out the worst in me. Is it too late to take back what I said? Yes! Well, unfortunately, yes. In our last Zoom meeting, I informed you that there were still a few issues to be worked out before it's given a green light. You know, nothing's changed since then. I have more meetings to attend next week to try and finalize everything. So let's take this one step at a time and I would prefer to not have this discussion on the air. Are you doing this side project with our intern here just because of that stupid listener survey that said he was the most popular person on the show? As if so, when this thing bombs, I hope you fire that consulting firm that does those things for this station. Spud, we have discussed this at nauseum at staff meetings. This is not the time or place to continue that discussion. I need to go. But Chance, you still need to get clearance from your parents to shoot in your bedroom at their house. So I haven't received their signed release form. Please get it to me by the end of the week. And Spud, don't harass Chance. Well... I, you don't want HR to bring you in for more training on getting along with your coworkers. Yeah, technically he's not a coworker as he doesn't get paid. I'm, 
I'm going to have to Google this, but I'm pretty sure interns are not legally considered to be co-workers. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. A pretty sobering fact. Lori, I'll do my best to take the high road and not embarrass Spud on the air, as I know I threatened him. But when the Chance TV channel launches, he's going to be extremely jealous of me, so you might want to have HR prepare the disciplinary paperwork now, as he'll need to be dealt with. Again, Chance, not a wise road to go down. So let's just focus on everyone getting along, at least for now. Uh, can I ask why I don't have my own 24-hour streaming channel? Because it's an idea I brought to you last year, and you never responded. Remember? Remember that meeting? That yeah, I know you do. Mm -hmm. so, so now that we have you on the air, maybe you could give me an answer. I'm not going to get into that in public. Okay? Email me about your concerns, all right? Okay. I um, need to go. At the least, I should get an executive producer's credit on his show, as it was my idea first. Uh, I need to talk to my attorney. Uh, Ms. Madsen, or uh, Lori, uh, ju just know that I am available to fill whatever role is needed in this new project. Chance is a fine young man who has a lot of potential if he is surrounded by the right talent. Uh, you know, someone who is skilled as a wingman to keep him on point. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Well, listen... I would not feel comfortable with Mr. Holcomb in my parents' house, and I know they would never go for him hanging around all the time. Till Dorothy and I are married and I move in with her, it's a real deal killer. Chance, chance, chance. You and your parents would never know I'm there. If I was to be part of Chance TV, I would keep a really low profile. And I'm probably not going to like you, no matter how many pull-ups or push-ups you do. No way his parents would even let you in the house, man. Okay, please wrap up this episode as you are running late now. Okay, I will see all of you at this week's staff meeting. Goodbye. Did she just hang up? Yes, she did. Spud, could you please not try to sabotage this great career opportunity for Chance. He deserves this break, so stand down and let him chase his dreams. Fine, okay, I won't do anything to kill this Chance TV thing, but in return, I will expect him to show me some respect. I mean, is that too much to ask? If you know how I feel, why would you say that? Actually, yeah, it is. Is You lost my respect the second week here on the show. I'm just being real, but maybe I can try to fake respect you. Let me give it a try, but don't expect much as I'm not really feeling this. Well, just try your best and that will be good enough. Right, Spud? Not really, but fake respect is better than no respect, I guess. Right now, I, I, I gotta end this show, alright? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye! Hey, uh, Chance, have you given any thought to having an intern on your channel? Because uh, my youngest, Dwight, might be a big asset. I'll, I'll have him send you his resume. He's in what, the seventh grade, right? Oh, yeah, next year he will be in the eighth grade. Well, I'll hire him if you promise to stay as far away from me as possible. Have him message me. I gotta go now. Okay, okay, sure, yeah, you bet. I'll have Dwight contact you. Thanks. 
The Spud Goodman Show was written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, engineered by Trevor Jastad, and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, associate producer TJ Pites, video director Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan, copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Thank you.